Well, we are in this series called Rooted. It's a study of the book of Colossians. And it's really just this thought of what it means to be rooted in Christ Jesus so that regardless of what we face in life, we will not be moved, we will not be destroyed because we are rooted in Jesus. Uh, years ago, my wife, Casey, and I, we were at a camp with our kids. We were overseeing this camp as youth pastors, and I uh, only had five children at the time. Some of you know that I have six kids. The first five are all girls, and so while we were there at this camp, we had our five girls with us, and this was kind of a unique deal. We did, we did youth camps every single summer, but this camp was unique in that we found out uh, that where we were having this youth camp, was actually being searched because there was an escaped murderer on the loose. And so this camp, like most youth camps, it was out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of all these woods. There we were as as leaders. We had all of these students there, hundreds of students. And then the authorities told us that they are looking for a murderer on the run. And so literally we had helicopters, like helicopters circling over the, the air. And I think, oh, dear Jesus, they found him and he's somewhere close by. Like what in the world is going on? And uh, as we got ready to leave the camp, uh, we got in the family minivan. As we're getting in, we're kind of doing a roll call or head count. We realized that we were missing one, and we're like, who are we missing? And, and Casey said, I can't find Bria. Where's Bria? And I said, I don't know, but it's time to go. She needs to get in. She, well, I can't find her. I don't know where she is. And I said, well, we got four other girls. Let's just go. We don't need all. I did not say that. I thought it. I didn't even think it. I'm just joking. So anyway, we, we all got out. We started looking for Bria. Where are you, Bria? We're calling out. Couldn't find her. You know, the longer something like that goes on, the more your heart starts racing. You know, you're wondering, where is this girl? So now we've told a few other leaders, hey, have you anybody seen Bria? No, I haven't seen Bria. So now we ask security, can you help us find Bria? So we've got leaders looking. We've got security looking. And we're calling out. We check the chapel. Bria, nothing in there. Check the cafeteria. Bria, you're in there. It's not in the cafeteria. We're going through all of the different uh, cabins and dormitories. Bria, couldn't find her. Check down the lake. Couldn't find her. We're like, what in the world is going on? Long story short, we finally found Bria. And I said, where in the world were you? And she said, I was in one of the cabins underneath the bed. And I said, did you not hear me calling your name? Why didn't you answer me? She said, because we were playing hide and seek, and I didn't want them to find me. I said, we thought that you were murdered. And now you're about to die at the hands of your own father. Like, this is not the way it was supposed to end. I thought, what in the world? So praise the Lord, she was not kidnapped. But if you've ever been in any situation like that as a parent to where you can't find your kid, how many of you know your mind goes to just the worst-case scenario? You know, they have been kidnapped. And when Paul is writing this letter to the church in Colossae, As we come to chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 8, he is basically saying to them here in this moment, you've got to be rooted in Christ Jesus so that you don't allow the enemy to kidnap your heart, your mind, your thoughts, and take you away from the true life that Jesus Christ has for you. He says it this way, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. 
He says, see to it. He's writing this letter to the church in Colossae. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. That takes you captive could literally be translated kidnapped. See to it that no one kidnaps you through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So what is he talking about being kidnapped and what's he trying to speak to? See, in that time, there were some false teachers who were going around and they were telling people, it's fine if you believe in Jesus, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not enough to truly save you. And so they were saying, that's okay, but you need to do some additional things. Christ is not enough. It has to be Christ plus some other things. So they were telling them things like they needed to be circumcised or that in order to truly be saved that baptism was a path to salvation rather than just a symbol of salvation that's happened in your heart. They were elevating human traditions and there were people who were being seduced away. They were being pulled away from just accepting the pure gospel and that is the good news of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross that Christ is enough. They were being seduced and pulled away into that thinking, you've got to do some things to complete your salvation. So it was close, but not quite. How many of you know it's okay if you almost got an A? You just didn't quite pull it off, but you almost did. Or you almost got the job, but you didn't get the job. You almost got the promotion, but you didn't get the promotion. You almost got married, but y'all broke up. But how many of you know that it's not okay if you almost go to heaven? And is anybody with me on that one right there? You don't want to say, I was so close. Well, at least close counts. Not when you're in eternity. I mean, you want to make sure that you know that you know. And so Paul is sounding this alarm. Bell, and he's saying pretty close doesn't cut it when your soul and your eternity are on the line. You can't be kidnapped. You can't be taken captive by a false gospel because the biggest problem with a false gospel is this, is that any gospel that is a different gospel than the true gospel is no gospel at all. Why? Because the very words, the word gospel means Good news. Here's the good news of the gospel is that I have been saved by the power of Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful that you're not going to get what you deserve? You're not going to get the penalty for your sin that you and I earn because of our disobedience. But the good news is, is that Jesus Christ has saved us and that our salvation is found in him. That's what Paul just starts emphasizing specifically in chapter 1 and chapter 2, saying all we need for true life for now and eternity is found in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. Paul was telling the Colossians emphatically that everything you need is found in him. Somebody say, in him. In chapter 2 and verse 9, Paul says it's in him. In verse 10, he says, in him. In verse 11, he says, in him. In verse 12, he says, buried with him and raised with him. Verse 13, God made you alive with him. In uh, just six times in those five verses, Paul is saying it's all about being in him, in him, in him. And with him, with him, with him. Look at how Paul says it in chapter 1 verse 16 he says for in him 
All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Verse 28 of Colossians chapter 1. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature. How? In Christ. All you and I could ever hope for. All that you and I could ever need. All you and I could ever truly want. All of that is found in him. Our greatest joys are found in Jesus. Our greatest strength when we're going through difficulty is found in Christ. Paul is saying it's all found in him. Now the devil knows that too. And how many of you know that the devil's not okay with that? So he's going to do everything that he can to, to deceive you and to get you off track so that instead of truly to fully find it all in Jesus, you're trying to find it in other ways. So he's going to do everything that he can to get you out of him instead of in him. But, but, but Paul says you can stand strong, you can be secure, you can be unmovable when you are rooted in Jesus Christ. Let me quickly give you four benefits today of what it means to be rooted in Him. Well, I've used it as part of the intro, but the first thing that we know about being rooted in Christ Jesus is that, number one, in Him we are saved. In Him we are saved. Listen to Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Somebody say all of them. Come on, are you thankful today that God didn't forgive you of most of them and then say, now you go work off the rest of them? Aren't you thankful for that? He says, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away. It is nailed to the cross. I'm so thankful that God didn't say, I'm going to give you a jump start. I'm going to give you a boost. I'm going to give you a little bit of help. But then I want you to go and figure the rest out yourself. You go and work the rest off yourself. How would you ever know when you and I have done enough to work off of our, our sin? Like, if we had to do something other than receive the good news of Jesus Christ in order to get to heaven, how would you or I ever know when we had done enough good to get into heaven because a lot of people if you've ever tried to talk to somebody about Jesus some people say well I'm probably going to heaven I'm not that bad of a person wave at me if you've ever heard that before anybody ever said that to you before I'm probably going to heaven because I'm better than a lot of people now, if you just looked around the room right now, you might make yourself feel a little bit better or a little bit worse. You might look over and say, I know I got him beat. Like some of y'all might do that when you come into a room like this. I don't know if I'm quite as spiritual as her. She looks really spiritual. I don't know. Maybe she, she had both hands lifted up during all the songs and worship. She's probably got me by a little bit, but, you know, I'm not too far behind. How would you know when you're good enough to where God's like almost, uh, okay, now you're in. 
We'd never know. And that's part of what a lot of people struggle with is the fact that instead of just being secure in their salvation to where they know that they know that they know that they know that they're a child of God, that they're going to heaven instead of hell because the enemy has taken their eyes off of the cross and deceived them into thinking, yes, Jesus is fine, but you got to do some more stuff to earn it and you haven't done enough yet. And so now they're feeling something that's not right. And that's why Paul says, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But everything minus Jesus equals nothing. In him, in him alone, we are saved. No other way can save us. No other way can save us. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. He's not some of the way, sort of the way, part of the way, kind of the way. He is the way. It's not Jesus plus anything else or anybody else. It is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. How many of you know that there is no other name? It's all the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. Somebody say no one else. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There are a lot of good teachers. There are a lot of good counselors. There are a lot of good leaders. There are a lot of people out there with good names, but there is only one name that has conquered death, hell, and the grave, and it's the name Jesus. Jesus is the only way to salvation. Not only is there no other way that can save us, there's no other work that can save us. There's nothing you or I could ever do to earn our way to heaven. If you find yourself rooted in religion that says you have to do something else instead of rooted in relationship with Jesus, you have been kidnapped. You've been deceived. What could we ever do to where God says, now that's impressive. Come on in and receive heaven for all of eternity. As a matter of fact, did you know that when we start putting faith and confidence in our own righteousness, it's actually offensive to God? Because in one sense, we're saying, you know what? I think I can get there without the cross. The cross was unnecessary. I can earn my way to heaven. Thanks, Jesus, for everything that you did. You didn't really have to do that. Or thanks, Jesus, for what you did. It helped. It just wasn't quite enough. So I'm going to make up the difference. Or thanks, God, for how awesome heaven sounds. I'm going to work really hard so I can pay for my ticket in. That would be so crazy. Like I came up and I gave you a, a brand new 2021 Mercedes. I give you a beautiful four-story home with a pool in the back. And you come up and you go, hey, that blessed me, man. That was so nice. Thanks so much. Here's a dollar. I'd be like, would you keep your dollar? Put your dollar back up. What are you trying? Well, no, man, I just want to do my part. That's not enough for your part. And God says, I have all of this for you. You say, thanks for that, Lord. You know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to finish it off with some good words. There's nothing you or I could ever do to go to heaven. But why do some people think if they just go to church enough? Some people serve in churches because they think that that's going to make God love them more. 
or be more impressed with it. They give in church because they think God's going, well, you're getting closer now. Yeah, a few more payments like that, and you're going to be in. Listen, we can't get confused with the fruit of salvation with the root of salvation. The root of salvation is I am going to heaven only because of Jesus Christ. Nothing I could ever do. I don't bring anything to the table. As a matter of fact, that's what makes me know I need to show up to the table and say, God, I have nothing to offer, but I'm going to trade my nasty, evil nothing for your beautiful, holy everything. It's called the great exchange. And we let go of all of our sin, all of our brokenness, all of our rebellion, and we say, God, I need your grace and your mercy. And he washes us and makes us white as snow. And then the fruit of our salvation When you've been changed by his love, you can't help but say, I can't wait to get together with God's people to lift up the name of God. I can't wait to serve God's house. I can't wait to lay up treasures in heaven because that's what I do when my life has been changed by the power and the grace of God. But don't confuse the root with the fruit. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, says, it says, for it is by grace. Somebody say by grace. For it is by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. And this is not even from yourselves. This even is a gift from God. Not by works. So that no one can boast. Paul is basically saying in Colossians and Ephesians, it's not Christ plus, it's Christ period. I know that the devil may come to you from time to time and he may say, you're not spiritual enough. You've done too much wrong. You keep making mistakes. You're not religious enough. You're not good enough to get to heaven. And I don't advocate, I don't encourage people to talk to the devil. But anyways, I'd rather talk to God than the devil. Let God take care of the devil. But if the devil's ever lying to you, you don't need to buy into that lie. You just need to say, thanks be to God. It's never about what I can do, but it's about what he's already done. Because my salvation is secure in Christ Jesus let me give you a second benefit to being in Christ in him number two in him we find wisdom and knowledge when you are rooted in Christ Jesus when you are in him you will find wisdom and knowledge Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3 in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge where it's in him. A few years ago, uh, it was kind of cool. I, I, had, I had a fun uh, trip with, with my family. Uh, I'd always wanted to be on a game show. You know, you watch these game shows at Wheel of Fortune. Like, I always guess it before they do. I, some of the times, I guess it before the people do. Like, I watch the game shows. And I always wanted to be on a game show, except for Jeopardy. I'm not smart enough for Jeopardy. You know, they, they say, I don't even know how to ask the questions right. But they say it. I don't even know how to forget Jeopardy. But anyway, I love, I always wanted to be on a game show. And the price is right was hitting the road. They were going on tour. They were taking the game show to the road. I was like, oh, man, we got to go. My family got all matching shirts, and we went to the Price is Right. We're sitting there together. And, guys, I never get called on something like that. You know, anytime there's a, there's a, there's a, a drawing for something, somebody's going to win something, I never. I am a little bitter over it. I never. They never call my name. They never. Listen, at the Price is Right, y'all, they said, Scotty Gibbon, come on down. Man, I start. I jumped up. I started running down the aisle just like they do on TV, you know. I was like, oh, man, waving at my family. And I got up to the, looking back. I'm down here. Hey, 
hey, I'm down. I was so excited. And then would y'all believe it? I guess the, the price close enough to where I got to go up on the stage. I really thought I was having an out-of-body experience. I just like, this is unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I was scared to death. My, my heart was pounding. You know, I was so nervous. And, and, then, and then they started, you know, playing the game to where they're like, you've got to guess the price of this and the price of that. And I thought, oh, man, I just don't know. That was a lucky guess. I just didn't know that last one. I had no idea. But I just, I don't know. I don't even know. Because Casey would do better at that. I, I don't know how much of like you said right now, the, the gasoline. I'm like, man, it's somewhere. How much milk? Ah, somewhere right. It's less than 10, more than one. You know, I, I just, I can't remember the, I, it's, but I look back, and you ever seen them on that show when they're all screaming the numbers at you? That's one thing to watch it when you're at home, but when you're up there and you got everybody screaming at you, it's just unnerving. He's like, how much is it? I'm looking back there, like, oh, it's fire, fire, a million dollars. Like, they're just screaming. I'm like, I don't even know who to lock in with. It's just, it's just overwhelming. I'm just like, ah! But I guessed it. I got my little, my little chips. I got to play Plinko and just drop it down. A one-man iPad, y'all. Come on, let's just praise the Lord right now. One-man iPad. Somebody all like, why not a new car? They didn't offer it. I'd have won it. I'd have won it. But a one-man iPad. Now, what's really crazy about that moment is if I had not, I just guessed. Let me just be honest. Okay, I, whatever it was that I, I just guessed. I didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't wisdom. It wasn't like he's so smart. No, he was so lucky. Jesus just smiled on him there in that moment. He knew I needed an iPad, and he just allowed the prices right to provide it. That's how I got that iPad. But it's a guess. And if I had guessed wrong, all that would have happened is that I would have lost an iPad that I didn't have anyway. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. But I was scared. I was nervous. I was feeling pressure, anxiety. Like, ah! But you know what? There's stuff that I go through in life that is a lot more significant. Stuff I still don't know how to do. Like as a dad, I bump into things. As a parent, I'm like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Like honestly, I don't know how to parent here in this moment. At times in my marriage where I look at it and go, man, I'm trying to be the best husband that I can be. I'm trying to communicate the best that I can, but I don't know how to handle this moment. I don't know what to do as a pastor. There are times that you're trying to help people or encourage people, and, and people have issues and problems that you're going through, and you look at it and say, Lord, I, honestly, I think they're hosed. I don't know how they're going to do it. Lord, I just don't see any way out. I just don't even have a word for them. Lord, I, just, I don't know what to do. There are times with my finances, I'll, I'll bump into some bills or to some things where things are, are going wrong, and I'll just say, I don't know what to do. And see, the enemy wants to get us sidetracked where we start trying to lift all of this with our own strength, figuring it all out, and there's all kind of messages. You know, so Google will tell you a lot, but it can't tell you everything. And you got to be careful sometimes what you Google. You start off with a headache, but by the, time, by the time you do some research on there, you think, man, I got, I got cancer, I got leprosy, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got heart issues and all of that. What made you think that? The Internet. Listen, you better be careful. But Paul is saying when you are in Christ, in him you find wisdom. In him you find knowledge. When you are rooted in Christ Jesus, you're tapping into the resource of all of heaven. That's why it says in James chapter 1, he says, hey, if you're rooted in me, if you need wisdom, just ask God for it. God will lead you. How many of you know that when we're rooted in Christ Jesus, we have, we have access to the omniscient one, the all-knowing one, and he knows the answer before you and I even knew we had a question. Aren't you thankful today that you can tap into the wisdom and the knowledge of God? 
Number three, when we're in him, number three, the third benefit is that in him we are complete. In him we are complete. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete. Somebody say complete. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. That is, you are rooted in him. Through your union with Christ, you are complete. He is the head over every ruler and over every authority. Our complete, hear this, our complete and our total satisfaction, our fulfillment, our ability to be at peace, it is totally and solely found in Jesus Christ. You can't find completion elsewhere. You find your identity in him. You find your purpose in him. You find your fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Now, the devil doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to experience that. He wants to kidnap you. He wants to take you captive. And so what happens is, instead of just looking for all of that in Jesus, when we, when we get distracted a little bit, he starts wanting us to think, if, if I could just graduate from high school, then I'm going to be happy. If I could just get a job, then I'm going to be happy. If I could just get a promotion at my job, then I'm going to be happy. If I could just find a man, if I could just find a woman, I would be happy. If we could just have kids, I would be happy. If we could just get these kids out of our house, we would be happy. If we could just retire, we would be happy. If we could just find purpose at the end of life, now that we're retired, we could be happy. He has us chasing in vain all of these empty things, and, and they never satisfy. And yet that's why so many people are chasing, 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 looking, 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 looking. Paul's saying, it's all found in Christ you can't find it in in in, in getting married M my wife is a wonderful spouse but you can't look for your mate to be your messiah it'll never happen now you live with frustrations now you live with disappointment now now you live with you're irritated and you're bothered they were never supposed to be Jesus to you you got to be careful when you're looking for it. If I just had a little more financial security. Have you ever found yourself trying to complete yourself? I know I have. You're like, man, you're a pastor. You're a preacher. Doesn't, you just always look to Jesus. I try. And then when something happens that, that bumps me, I, I can be tempted to look over here and think, if I could just get these things behind me, if I can just get this, then I'm going to be at peace. But my peace is not found in stuff around me. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Have any of you ever tried to find your satisfaction in your performance at school or your performance in athletics or your performance at work? And yet, no matter how many wins you get or how much money you make, it's never enough. 
And so Paul is saying to us, listen, you've got a hole in your heart that can only be filled by Jesus. But the good news is, the true gospel is, Jesus can and will complete us as we are rooted in him. When we put our eyes on him, when we set our affections on him instead of the pleasures of this world, when we put our hope in him instead of our own strength, that's what it looks like to be planted in Christ Jesus and he completes us. Aren't you thankful for that today? Let me give you this fourth and this final piece in him. In him, we have victory. In him, we have victory. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Ah, this is so powerful. We've heard it so much that we can just hear that and go, yep. Instead of stopping and thinking about what that just said. You see, all of us have sinned. Anybody sinned in your lifetime at least once? Come on, raise your hand. You're watching online? Slip your hand up right now if you've sinned at least once. Anybody sinned this month? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest right now. Anybody sinned this week? Anybody sinned on the way to church today? Come on, it's confession time right now. On the way to church, one sin is enough to separate you and me from God for eternity. Like, well, it wasn't that bad. Well, it's not a matter of how bad the sin is. It's a matter of how good God is and how righteous and how holy, how perfect heaven, his dwelling place is. It's so far beyond anything that we could imagine. One sin is enough to separate us from him and from there for all of eternity. And the truth is, I've made a lot more mistakes. I've committed a lot more sins than just one. The truth is, all of us are sinners who need a Savior. All of us are broken people who cannot fix ourselves. And yet the enemy wants to deceive us and take our eyes off of the cross and put it over here on what can I do just to get God to love me more? What can I do that would cause God to say, you know what, you've done enough to pay the price for your sin. There are many, many religions that just focus on basically all religions other than Christianity on what you can do to get your way to God. And yet the truth of the gospel is it's not about anything that we can do to get to God. It's about what God has done to come to us. And when Jesus Christ came, he wasn't arrested. He wasn't captured because he was helpless or at their mercy. He willingly came because he was not okay with the fact that your sin and my sin had separated us from him. He wasn't cool with that. He wasn't okay with you spending forever paying the price for your sin in a place the Bible calls hell. He wasn't okay with that. Hell is not for bad people. Heaven is not for good people. Hell is for people who have rejected the work of the grace that we have through the cross of Christ Jesus. Heaven is only for people who recognize, I'm so bad, I can't fix myself. Lord, would you save me? And yet, the enemy wants us to think, you've got to do a little more. A lot of religions, you talk about self-mutilation, you talk about self-sacrifice, you talk about just things that people do to try and feel like I've done enough. But what Paul is saying right here in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 is that the victory that you and I can have 
It's because of what Jesus Christ did when he triumphed over all of sin, all of evil, all of darkness, when he won the victory on the cross. When you and I accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, that victory becomes ours because we are in him. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 4 says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. You have victory in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I know we all face hard times. I know we all face difficulties. I know even today that there are people who are watching online right now. There are people who are in this room right now that as you're just hearing this message being taught today, you're reminded of the battles that you're currently in. Times are difficult. The nights seem darker than normal. You can feel like the walls are closing in on you. It can seem like all of hell is against you. I want you to know that on your own, you should be scared out of your mind. But if you are rooted in Christ Jesus, if you belong to him and he is in you, I want you to know that you're not hoping for victory. You are living in victory because of the power of the good news of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You have victory today. You can have victory over sickness. You can have victory over sin. You can have victory over cancer. You can have victory over depression. You can have victory over anxiety. You can have victory over fear. You don't have to be worried about anything in life. Why? Because your eyes are locked in on the cross of Jesus Christ. And you say, He did it. He conquered it. He won it once and for all. And because I am in Him, His victory is in me. Come on, can you put your hands together? And just praise the Lord because our victory is in Him. All of our hope, all of our hope is in Jesus. Come on, let's sing this to the Lord. It's in the name.